You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Evening, everybody, and welcome to this special edition of Jaybird Watching. We have breaking news, so once again, it's Craig Borden here with Brendan Panikar to bring you the latest in Toronto Blue Jays fun. So, Brendan, wonderful news today, or I guess <laughs> not for Troy Tulowinski, but um, the Troy, Troy Tulowinski has been officially released for the Toronto Blue Jays and is going to have to find a job to play shortstop somewhere else. Uh, first things first, you want to go through it? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it was definitely shocking to say the least. But uh, they're on the hook for thirty-four, or sorry, thirty-eight million, which yep. was remaining on his contract. Um, and the last I saw was that teams are now free to sign him to the veteran minute minimum. Uh, so that would actually shave off about five hundred something k per year, or something like that, um, or five hundred k every year that the Blue Jays had too low under contract remaining for us. So a little bit of money that they're going to save, not much, sunken costs now. Uh, but that was, uh, and that was also money that was already going to be committed. So I guess they figured that with all the, the abundance of short spot talent in the system and to those unwillingness to not move off a shortstop, but also they probably knew that with that ankle is pretty badly mangled that it's, uh, it's quite unlikely that he'll be able to perform at a, a level they need him to at shortstop. So shocking when it went out, but it's not hard to see why this happened. Yeah, I kind of had that what moment, and I'm like, because I just never in a million years thought they were going to release him before spring training. I was kind of at least in the ballpark of let's, you know, wait and see what happens. You know, this if he comes to spring training and he is slugging and looking like the Troy Tulowinski of old, you know, that, ex- that raises everything. And I just figured it was worth giving him a try. But I bet you the, the little meeting that they had earlier in the winter meetings or this weekend, whenever it was, they must have talked about this. This is just one of those big things. They wouldn't have just slapped him in the face with this. They probably talked about, okay, well, this is where we're at. And this is where the player's at, and there was probably just not enough common ground there, and it probably was just the point where the Blue Jays were like, we can't afford to have you on the 40-man roster. You know? It yeah. It just comes down to yeah. it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, you know, it definitely was something that they probably discussed over the last few days or weeks or definitely not something that Atkins and Shapiro just randomly did. They would have had to get ownership approval, too, and be like, hey, this was going to be money that um, was going to be on our books anyways that we have to commit to um, just based on the current roster. Tulo's ability to not perform at a high enough level, and given where we are as an organization, it just makes a endless amount of sense for us to make this move. So this has been thought about for a while, and I'm sure that uh, Paul Cohen, Tulo's agent, Shapiro, and Ross Atkins, and Tulo himself have had these discussions and thoughts for a little while now. And you know what? It helps Tulo as well, because now instead of releasing and potentially uh, at the end of spring training or some point closer, now he has a lot longer to prove that he's healthy, maybe even do a showcase for teams. I don't know. I've never really heard of a position player doing showcases before, but he can uh, have more time to uh, make teams decide if they want to pick him up and give him one more shot to see if he can be productive. So I think it's classy. It's uh, nothing wrong with it. And uh, uh, Paul Cohen uh, had nothing but good things to say about Mark Shapiro. So they know that Troy got the best opportunity to seek out the best situation for himself. Yeah, and I agree that everything I've seen in the media coming out all over Twitter after this fact is you would expect this almost to be a blow-up kind of thing. It just sounds like um, kind of like the cleanest like divorce like you ever would have. You know, everybody's got mutual benefits to go obviously sideways and go different directions on this. Um, I just it's just insane that this is the guy that obviously brought a lot to this team late in 2015 for the playoff push. I was there for that Yankees series when he was the last guy up in a 12-inning ball game, and you could feel the Rogers Center shaking with everybody yelling, too low, too low, you know. It's just insane that this is the kind of player that he can be, and it's just not been that. Over three years, he has only played in 238 games for the Toronto Blue Jays, and that's sorry, I take that back. It's three and a half years to even make that even more skewed. And yeah. he did pretty good when he was on the field. This is a guy that in 2016 hit home runs and drove in almost 80 RBIs still. Yeah, he was batting 254, but you're, that's not that long ago. <laughs> you know? I know. It's crazy. I mean, he did miss a lot of time, and he was still productive when he was healthy. Every year they had him under, under their control, even after they traded for him in 2015. He went on the DL at least once. But, you know, if it's not for too low... I know David Price, the acquisition of David Price probably still would have happened in 2015 because they needed a pitcher. But I think there's a strong case to be made that if Tulo wasn't here in 2015 and they still ran out Jose Reyes for the remainder of the year, maybe Reyes would have ended up on the DL, but the defense wouldn't have improved as much as it did. It was a combination of Price and Tulo getting here to shore up the defense that really sprung them on that insane second half of 2015 that we probably may not ever see again because that was an unworldly stretch. Tulo did a lot for this organization. He yeah. did. He didn't do a whole lot, but he did enough to justify the move uh, of acquiring him in the first place, which people, for some reason, are still questioning uh, now that this news has come up that he's been released. Yeah, regardless of the fact of how much we have here left in, I'm going to say contract fallout. I'll pay that $38 million if I'm the Toronto Blue Jays for two playoff appearances all day, every day. <laughs> and I think that's how people need to look at this. You bought the 2015 and 2016 playoff race. 
uh, on the shoulders of these guys that we had. I just thought it was funny on Twitter earlier. I saw the sport, the infamous Sports Illustrated co- cover that said, uh, yeah, I think it says, we're here to jack it up or something like that on it. And yeah. Prince, uh, Price, Tulo, uh, Edwin and Donaldson, along with Bautista on the cover. And, it's, it's, and uh, somebody captioned it, and then there was one. <laughs> yeah. And Russell Martin's the only one left, including Gibby <laughs> on that cover. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think it's funny that that it doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but when you do really put it into perspective, that's going to be four years ago now. So it's nuts to think, as you as you referenced, being at that Yankee series you're talking about and those Tulo chants. There was nothing better. My favorite memory of Tulo I was at a total of six playoff games in between those two years. And every single time he came to the dish, the two low chances shook the Rogers Center. So I'm always going to remember that. And that was probably my favorite two low moment. I don't even remember seeing anything, maybe other than his hit off of Kelvin Herrera, that blow game five open in the ALCS in 2015 uh, in Marco Estrada's gem. I don't know if I ever saw two low do a whole lot in games I attended. Maybe he definitely made some good defensive plays, but I don't even know if I ever saw him hit a home run live in person for some reason. You're probably not the only Maybe one I that's have. referencing that, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. But it was still fun to watch him here. When he came here, he was still a really good player with the Rockies. He has the name, and even still he has the name. And just because of the name Troy Tulowitzki, he will definitely be getting a job for 2018, or sorry, 2019 somewhere. Um, where? Who knows? Uh, I saw the Brewers. Um, we're discussing it potentially and if they were considering even pursuing it. So there's already going to be teams discussing it. You'll see that as the winter meetings. Yeah. There's wrap already up plenty of speculation of going on, um, and including apparently the, you know, the all apparent Billy Bean is apparently already ready to snipe. <laughs> the Oakland A's are knocking on the door already from what one of the reports I just saw was. Um, <laughs> that doesn't shock me. You know, if you have a chance to pay somebody that could be even half as good as Troy Tulowinski. And he says he's now open to playing more positions, I heard, too. <laughs> That's a little shocking to me. But it is one of those. And as far as it goes, maybe it was just one of those things that he, the positions the Blue Jays had to offer were stuff he didn't really want to do. You know, I don't see Troy Tulowinski being a you know platoon first baseman with Justin Smoke or <laughs> slotting in at third to start the season. He's an up-the-middle guy, I yeah. worst-case scenario. And, and our real need is, okay, we need at least somebody to hold the quote-unquote mantle for a few weeks for Vlad Jr. at third. Or we need a left fielder, possibly. You know? Yeah. What, you know, I don't see Troy Tulewinski ever mashing into either of those two positions. No, definitely not. Especially now with that his ankle seems like it could be messed up for, for, for the rest of his life, potentially. It's really bad, even yeah. still. Two I heel, two heel on, surgeries, and you're still getting all these kind of lingering effects. Yeah, exactly. And that with the, the heel, the ankles, the, the lower half of Troy Tulowitzki has always bothered him throughout his entire career. So I don't know how much he has left in the tank. It does seem like there's some intrigue around the league um, at potentially giving him a flyer, so it will happen. And it will be very interesting to see what value, if any, he can still bring to a baseball team. If he doesn't, then uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him retire within the next year or two if uh, he just can't do it anymore. Yeah, 
Let me float this one out there for you just because it kind of resonated a little bit for me on there. If you had a chance to give an AL team somebody like Troy Tulowinski and you had an option to play him like kind of almost like Marwin Gonzalez up the middle, play him second base, shortstop, every so often then he'd let him DH all the rest of the time. I honestly think that in the American League, Troy Tulowinski's bat can carry some weight. Like I said, it was he's only, you know, 2016, he hit 24 home runs. It was two years ago. If you yeah. Have, if you have a healthy guy that can just hit and run bases, it wouldn't shock me that he can still put that number up. And for some most yeah. American League teams, that's actually not a bad deal for the price you're going to get Troy Tulowinski. Absolutely. I mean, it seems like everybody these days are hitting 20-plus home runs in the major league, so... If he can do that, well, getting paid any any value to will gives the team um, uh, gives the team that, uh, that that picks them up any value at that league minimum salary is a win for that team. So um, even if he doesn't end up playing a game for the team that picks him up, or he plays a little while, gets hurt again, which seems inevitable, if he contributes even a little over a short stretch and and helps you just in the clubhouse and. You, you have uh, a true professional there to to help your younger guys if it is a younger team. But I hope he goes to a team that could contend for a World Series because Tulo deserves to win one. He was on track before all these injuries derailed him, even before he came to Toronto to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if Tulo's a Hall of Famer anymore, uh, but a World Series ring could help his case. And we're going to argue all about one that tomorrow night. <laughs> about who gets yeah. in the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that in a second here at the end of the show. But just to put it all into perspective where you were going there, this is a five-time All-Star. Finished second in the Rookie of the Year voting in 2007. Has finished in the top ten of the MVP award three separate seasons. This is, until that, more or less, he got turfed. This is a Hall of Famer. Because <laughs> that, since 2015, that was last All-Star performance. That's exactly what he was. You hit the nail right on the head. And he's still, even with these years in Toronto, after watching a quick, steady decline, he's still batting 290 for his career and is over 200 career home runs. So Yeah, I sure think elite defense, too. He is, I think, still has the best fielding percentage of the shortstop. I could be wrong on that, so fact-check me. But um, at least up until a year or two ago. Yeah, he still had that. He still had that title. So his defense with elite with an elite bat um, uh, will definitely help his case. It is interesting to look at his splits between when he was in Colorado and when he wasn't, because Colorado definitely did help him, and I think we saw that here in Toronto. But even outside of Colorado, he still was an above-average shortstop at the bat with elite defense. So it will be interesting to see how much, uh, if he does get into the Hall of Fame, I mean, I'm looking at his Fangraphs page right now. He played over 150 games in a season just twice, and that was in 2007 and 2009. He never reached over 130. 131 was his next highest yeah, uh, after that. Yeah, so he missed a lot. He's missed a lot of games in his career, and it sucks because he was a, either he was a phenomenal talent, and it just seems to have all been derailed by injury. Um, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, let's not forget that too, not too long ago, and I'm not going to get the pun there, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, the New York Yankees were calling Troy Tulowinski the rightful heir to Derek Jeter at shortstop in New York. 
we're, we're three years, what, how many years since Derek Jeter retired? Four? Since the Something like Gregorius that. Since the uh kicked in? Yeah, how could you even say that that could have even been a valuable move for the Yankees? And they weren't even competitive during those years until the last couple here. So, but that's the kind of heir apparent that he had at that peak of his career there in the 2013-2014 season. 2015 kind of being the last hurrah that he split with us and got us into the playoffs. But since then, it's been rough to watch. A guy that's been barely batting around 250. Yeah. You should see right now if you go on the Twitter and type in Troy Tulowitzki, at least on my Twitter feed, if you type it into the search bar, you see Troy Tulowitzki Tigers, Troy Tulowitzki Patriots, or sorry, not Patriots, Pirates, <laughs> Troy Tulowitzki Rockies. I got NFL on the mind a little bit. But, apparently uh, they're apparently Tom Tulewitzki. Brady, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's probably going to play quarterback or something. But uh, Troy Tulowitzki Rockies, I also saw Troy Tulowitzki Yankees. So teams and fans of those teams are already questioning and tweeting in bunches if their team is going to sign Tulo. And that just shows you how much of an effect he has um, throughout the majors and the fans of Major League Baseball. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's going to ever have a problem getting a job this season. You know, he's not... I don't think he's done, but it's just how you're going to use him and how you deploy him. And if he plays for some reason in another place like Toronto, like where he's got to play on turf in Tampa or something like that, I don't see it happening. I think that was just what milked the last little bit out of him. We've heard the players bitch about it from year to year. You know, the Brett Lorries of the world, and that's why I suck and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, he's 34. He's going to not even be 35 before the start of the season. I don't, like I said, I think his bat's going to carry him some weight. And even uh, on baseball uh, reference right now, they're projecting that he's going to bat 240 with eight home runs. So I guess that's on par with his last few seasons and conservative. I don't know how he's going to get 205 plate appearances if he's not going to be a <laughs> shortstop, but I, you know, I don't know, but to a, to a young team, I could see him being a valuable player, especially if it's an AL seated team. If he goes somewhere like the Brewers, I just don't see him playing enough games in the field, or he's going to be like that super potential, like uh pinch hit bat. But that's really, I think taking it a little too soon for Troy Tulowinski's ability with his lumber if he can get his bottom half right enough to even swing I just think he's always used up his, his upper half with most of his power you've seen it, he only does that little toe tap thing with his lower half most of his power is generated yeah. by how quick his hands go through the zone so I don't see the power going away too quickly, but maybe I'm wrong it's, it's interesting, some of the projections I'm seeing right now on his fan page on depth charts and steamer projections, they both project uh, about 70 games, 68 for Steamer and 70 for Depth Charts. They both have him hitting 10 home runs in, in about 70 games, which is actually pretty good. Um, batting 252, 312 on base, 422 uh, slugging, a weighted runs created plus of 99, which is one point below league average. So for 500 and something thousand dollars, if you get too low, posting those kind of numbers that Steamer and Depth Charts have not projected as with a 1F4 as well. That's, uh, that's enough production for me to take a flyer on them if you're... Uh, I think it'll be an American League team, but you never know what uh, some of these front offices think he can still do. Yeah, It wouldn't shock me that he ends up with the A's. They're all, how many times have they picked up a player 
and done exactly what Troy Tulowinski needs. The first one that pops into my mind what might ring well with Blue Jays fans is Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas yep. was quote-unquote done. Even his hometown of the Chicago White Sox that he more or less built a legend didn't even want to have anything to do with him after that leg injury. He comes into Oakland, crushes for a year, and the Blue Jays give him a three-year deal, which they weaseled out of a little bit early, but um, it is what it is. I, I actually saw, funny enough, that bobblehead that they were supposed to have online, and it's going for like an insane amount of money because they cut him before the bobblehead night. <laughs> <laughs> and canceled it, so that's fun stuff. But I just really wouldn't be shocked if he all of a sudden catches fire, at least with his stick. I think that's where yeah, his it'll, true value is going to end up landing. Oh, absolutely. It'll be somebody that can slot him in at DH from time to time, maybe comes in, um, takes a defensive replacement in the seventh, ninth inning, or he starts a game and gets replaced by somebody on the bench. It'll It'll be... It's too tough to say at this point what exactly his role would be with the team that picks him up. It definitely won't be a full-time starter, but it can he can have a, maybe about 300 at-bats if he's healthy and plays a little bit through the course of the year. And if he does that, contributes uh, uh, a 1F4, 10 home runs, uh, and a league average weighted runs created plus, and that's good enough for me. So, final thoughts on this whole thing. I just want to mention here that not only is this, you know, what's going on with Troy Tulinski, but what does this say about the Toronto Blue Jays and their direction for the rest of this offseason? I'm kind of sitting in the school of thought is they just shelled out a ton of money for a spot on the 40-man roster right before the Rule 5 draft. And they already had the spot created from a couple other guys they've released recently in the non-tendering of younger Solarte. So... Do you think they're going all in on the Rule 5 draft to be able to do this as soon? Yeah, I don't know. I think they'll definitely make a selection. It seems like it's set up for that with a, a few open spots on the 40-man. Um, I wonder if they'll add somebody to the 40-man before then uh, that's already internal. It seems unlikely. Uh, but I don't know. I think it just in terms of direction, I think, you could, I think it would not surprise me at all if they ate 15 out of the 20 million owed to Russell Martin this year to make Russell Martin go away as well, because this signifies to me and to a lot of other people that they are fully committed to do what we discussed last week, which is give the kids the playing time. Danny Granton needs full-time reps behind the dish, as does guys like Reese McGuire or maybe towards the end of the year, mid-season Max Pentecost. And then Lourdes Gurriel needs some full-time shortstop reps. And then it's likely Bo Bichette needs a full season in AAA. He probably starts in AA and goes up to AAA and doesn't see the majors in 2019. But you never know. That could open up the door for a September call-up for Bichette as well. And then it's just all about opening those holes for the young guys. This is really all the signals to me. If you're a veteran that's not making a whole lot of money, like Justin Smoke or Kendrick Morales, uh, you'll be gone, and they got to open up a spot for for somebody. Um, and, yeah, I think that's ultimately the direction they're going. They're opening up spots, getting rid of the older guys who should have a chance at winning it one more time, which Tulo does, and Russell Martin should have a chance at winning World Series one more time. So we'll see what ends up happening, but it would not shock me if Russell Martin's the next veteran to go off of this roster. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I wonder how much the Blue Jays are watching the 
quote-unquote three-team trade for the JT Romito and uh, company <laughs> with the Yankees, Mets, and Marlins. Um, does the do they call up the Mets like as soon as that trade falls through and go, yo, we got Russell Martin, we'll give you him for five mil, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good luck and have fun. And in yeah. all reality, I think that's they're waiting for this market to play out. And it, I'm as each day passes in this off season so far, I'm getting more and more comfortable with the fact that Russell Martin won't be there. And I just think it's going to happen without a doubt before spring training and maybe it is one of those things he shows up for a week in spring training and then he shows that he's healthy and then oh bye see ya (laughs) but as far as it goes there's just too many other teams that need catching like Russell Martin it's a thin market on catchers the two best catchers that were probably on the market were swept up by the Washington Nationals and uh, Kurt Suzuki and Jan Gomes so past that you're looking at okay trying to get Relamuto and all those other guys but there's not you still could get a good guy like Russell Martin to carry a pitching staff to the playoffs is kind of oh, my yeah. point and at five million dollars Russell Martin would be well worth it even if he goes to a team that he ends up being the backup or splitting time 50-50 with to get him off his feet a lot more than they were doing here in Toronto that could keep Martin healthy enough and maybe his bat will come back to life a little bit seems to be going quieter every single year now. So if you can eat 15 out of the 20 million, all of that money is off the books next year for Russell Martin. Tulo, I believe, all that money is gone the year after. Yep. So in the next few years, the Blue Jays are going to have a ton of money to spend on free agents, and this is just starting that process a little sooner. Yeah, and um, in all reality, I think this, like we were, we've been talking about, let the kids run with it this season, and there's a good free agent class next year. You know, yeah. you could be sitting there with Paul Goldschmidt at the end of the day next season as the dream, I guess. But but there is a good free agent class tent pending on the books right now, and I just really think that that's what they're trying to put their chips into the basket. Let them play this year and see where all the chips fall out. Not to make the Vegas reference in the winter meetings here, but <laughs> so, uh, but good deal. I Brendan, um, I know this is a quick random. Uh, not not technically a Wednesday wallop. This is more of a breaking news thing. Uh, but what's going on? What are you up to? I just wrote a piece on. Um, I know Atkins said today that now that Tulo's off the roster, the only two shortstops they really have in their depth chart right now are Lourdes Gurriel and. Uh, Richard Urania. I hate Urania. I, I don't think he's very good at all. So, but anyway, Atkins has said that they're going to be looking to sign somebody to complement shortstop position. So I put out a piece likely going out tomorrow morning on a cheap veteran who's out there. And the ones that checked off at least my, um, my checklist of things that uh, would likely be what Atkins is looking for would be the likes of Nothing but nobody exciting, but the likes of Jordy Mercer, Freddie Galvis, or maybe even a reunion with a Danny Echeverria. Those are the three out there that make the most sense for what they need. So I put that, that out there, and that's likely going to be one of their next moves. Yeah, the Echeverria, the one does a mock, doesn't, it strikes me pretty good. Just because if you're going to bring in somebody else to compliment at shortstop, you're clearly going to focus on defense. And the guy's got freaking glove for days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Well, yeah, so, Brendan, I'm glad we had you on. Um, you're not going to be with us tomorrow night, but we'll be back for the Wednesday wallop uh, next week for a full winter yeah. meetings wrap-up. Um, for those that are listening, 
tomorrow night we're going to be having a quick Hall of Fame debate, and um, I'm kind of impressed with the number of talent that I got to go with us on this one, Brendan. I somehow scored Ian Hunter to be on the show. Ari's going to be on the show. Ari Shapiro, that is, and then Adam Corsair is going to be on it. So a lot of personality. Yeah, in it's the gonna exact be a, same uh, line. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be like the freaking like cage match Thunderdome kind of thing. <laughs> so, but we're gonna just so for everybody listening, that is going to be an episode debating the whole Hall of Fame thing that has been going on here with the Harold Baines of what's going on and how to all of us that signals that oh my god why aren't there more Blue Jays in the Hall of Fame we're talking that we might get our second capped Toronto Blue Jay in on this current Hall of Fame ballot in Roy Holiday so if guys like Baines can make it why haven't the old roots Carters <laughs> so on and so forth Delgado's <laughs> into the pot here and that's what the whole show is going to be about us just hashing it out with all the good fun and shenanigans so Brendan Thank you very much. I'm glad you were able to get the, get the, in on this last minute, and uh, it's a pleasure as always, my friend. Yeah, I don't think we could have waited to the Wednesday wallop next week for uh, for this news. This is definitely something that needed to come together quickly just to have a quick reaction piece. We can talk about it more next week for sure, oh. uh, If because I'm assuming maybe by next week they'll either have a new addition to the roster via the Rule 5, which was that 40-man spot created for Duo, or maybe they sign a shortstop, so... The the follow-up from the Tulewiski News today will probably be continuing into next week's episode as well. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. If something doesn't happen here because of this really quickly, I'm going to be kind of shocked because otherwise, why do this move now? This doesn't strike me as good timing. Yeah, no, exactly. It'll be interesting to see. So uh, this news is definitely going to be brought up on the Wednesday follow-up next week when, uh, as per normal scheduled programming. <laughs> the every other week thing will commence next week. <laughs> <laughs> now it's every three weeks. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Well, no, it's all messed up. <laughs> every other week, or every week now. Yeah. <laughs> three weeks in a row. <laughs> well, I guess we're just going to go where the news takes us. We love our Blue Jays, right? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. So, anyways, everybody, Brendan Panikar with Craig Borden here. Don't forget to hit us up on our brand-new website, jbirdwatching.com. Leave your questions, comments, all terrible concerns. <laughs> Let Brendan know <laughs> how we're doing here. And also don't forget to follow us on on Twitter at BirdWatchingGC. So peace out, everybody, and let's go Blue Jays. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.